0: For the first time ever on our podcast, we're talking about Akuma in Street Fighter V, as Catalyst explains why it would be a travesty if he isn't properly balanced. Now, very recently, Capcom showed some footage of what looked like a substantial nerf to the character's bread and butter combo, but this nerf did not come to fruition in Tuesday's update, leaving us to wonder whether Capcom is making basic mistakes or getting into next level hinting. Plus analysis, reaction, and speculation from the King of Fighters 15 trailer with Majin Tenshinhan, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is
0: John Velociraptor Guerrero. What's up? It's not just me today.
1: Uh, Yep, we've got Steven, Dream King Chavez, on the podcast. Say hello to everyone, Steven.
2: Hey, I'm back, baby. Feels good to be back.
1: And we also have Nicholas, Majan Tension, and Taylor joining us for the entire podcast. Nick,
3: say hello to the people. Hey, everyone. I heard we were talking about KO15 today, so I had to show up, but uh, that's not what we're going to do right now.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about Akuma. And I, I just want to set the emotional stage. We're going to get into the logic stage of Akuma, but I want to set the emotional stage that I feel about Akuma and that motherfucking piece of dog shit, piece of crap motherfucking. That is a replication of what I sound like when I play ranked online against Akuma. An exact replica. I. Okay, i got to tell a very quick story here. Dream King was playing Akuma. He normally plays Gil. He's a Gil player. He's a very good Gil player. But he switched over to Akuma, and he ran an extra set. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm learning some stuff against Akuma. Would you please run one more set against me as a favor? Mid-set, I stun him, and I'm about to KO him, and I had almost irresistible temptation to teabag the shit out of him. I was so mad at Akuma. Just the fact that he had the gall to select Akuma, even though I asked him to— I almost teabagged him. That's how pissed off this f- character makes me. The stage is set.
3: Someone take it away from me. Before wow, I lose our,
2: my mind. our editor really has work cut out for him today. He's going to earn his money, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
3: I mean, yep. I'm not even playing Street Fighter V anymore, so I don't know what you guys are so mad about.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, Steven, what's it been like to play Akuma?
2: It feels like the veil has been lifted. It feels like I have all kinds of privilege in the world. People are opening doors up for me. People are giving me free coffee. It's pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. I feel like a scumbag for doing it, and I'm just reveling in that feeling right now because why not? Um, I think he's going to get nerfed pretty soon, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that because of some developments that happened this week, but yeah, yeah. Things actually work with that character. Things that shouldn't work, work with that character. Um, And I'm still kind of flabbergasted by it. Whenever it happens in an actual match, I'm like, wow, that that worked. That's great. That felt awesome. Like, I can't believe things actually work in this game, especially being a guild player where things don't always work, and you really got to work hard to set them up, and then they still don't work. And you're like, well... Great. I I guess this is Street Fighter V. This is my life now. (laughs)
1: Akuma is the the, the epitome of the easy button that Staples runs. Like If you play Akuma, you literally have it easier than any other character in the game. You have pressed the easy button and you hold it down the entire matchup. And that is bullcrap and it is a travesty. It would be a complete travesty if Akuma is left intact... And But the problem is, and John and I have discussed this on a podcast before, Akuma has so much stuff, we're not even sure Capcom is capable of nerfing him, it, like, properly. Like, actually, they've tried, and they can't do it. He's that good. They, can they even be successful in nerfing this guy?
0: Alright, we should, we should back up a little bit here because the, our, our faithful readers know once or twice we have voiced our opinions about Akuma before. They are not all that favorable. What makes this week a little different? Well, John has already sort of gotten into this a little bit with what you were saying. We are considering what's coming down the pike in terms of this next balance patch that, of course, is happening in the winter of 2020, which happens actually in the, uh, well, what is it? February of 2021. All of us that went to grade school know that's how dates work, but I, I, unless <laughs> I get distracted here, um, Akuma is kind of the, the main character that many people are looking at in terms of, okay, we want to see some substantial nerfs here because if... If they don't attend to this character, like John said, it's something of a travesty, then you're not really doing your job for this game as a service. Um, So that's kind of where we're starting at. And then um, so, John, maybe I want to turn this over to you briefly to what do you mean exactly when you say it would be a travesty? Like what would happen if, if Akuma is not substantially nerfed in this next patch?
1: Okay. So one of the things I'll immediately go back to is a conversation that Dream King and I had with Combo Fiend. And I'm so happy he's here because he can clarify this with me. And Combo Fiend was talking about Ultra Street Fighter 4. And that is a game that is beloved for its balance overall. Even if you don't like Street Fighter 4, you look at that version of the game and you say, hey, you know what? That balance is really good. I would dare to say that that is the best balanced Street Fighter game of all time. You can make cases for Super Turbo. I played that as well. But considering the the amount of characters and the variety of play styles, you can make a case that Ultra Street Fighter 4 is the best balanced Street Fighter game ever. That is a big statement to make. and one of the ways that they got there is Combo Fiend told us, he's like, look, one of the main things that we want to do is make it so that whoever the number one character in the game is, it's not clear. It could be Yun, it could be Evil Ryu, it could be a bunch of different characters. And, and, and I'm not saying like, look, you know, if you play Evil Ryu versus Akan, you've got a very clear advantage, right? But they blurred the lines. They made those lines more blurry than they were in the previous <laughs> versions of the game. And that was an important thing. Like, Stephen, let me turn this back over to you. I know you talked to Peter when, when he was telling you about this stuff. Like, what do you remember from that?
2: Yeah, I remember him going into the philosophy for uh, Street Fighter V, right? And, and talking about how with Street Fighter V, it's it's so heavily commitment-oriented, right? It's like, that's the big thing there. And that's why I think with Akuma, like, you you have a character who really doesn't have to commit to I don't want to say commit to anything, but virtually nothing. He gets
0: gets training wheels, right? Oh, that didn't work out. Good thing I have this.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like the game is built upon you need to commit to stuff and you're going to get punished for making the wrong commitment, right? Or making the wrong choice. And then you have a character like Akuma who comes in and he makes the line very clear of this is not balanced. I don't have to worry about committing to stuff because I have so many escape options. I have so many safe buttons. I have buttons that lead into other great buttons that... carry you to the corner and I can side switch and I can do whatever I want. And I really don't have to worry too much about it. And that's where it's like, well, okay. So if we're looking at that fundamental, this is what the game's built upon. And then you look at Akuma, you're like, well, that he clearly doesn't follow those rules. So, I mean, now you see, well, this balance doesn't really work out that well.
0: John, if they were to roll out the balance patch and they they legitimately did nothing to Akuma or they did far less than you're expecting them to do. What would you do? Would you stop playing Street Fighter Five? Would no, you
1: no. I'm going to keep playing it, but I'm going to shout it from the freaking rooftops about how bad they screwed it up, because that's how passionately we collectively feel as a group about this. And we're not the only ones. People have him absolutely hands down. Number one, people like Tokido, who plays this freaking character, Punk, Kichipamu, Gamer B, Luffy, the French fighting game community, plus someone put together an aggregate tier list of 23 top players, including some of the people I mentioned. And guess who was number one on that?
3: Akuma. Oh, I, here comes I a need wrench. to jump in here, though. Yeah, because you
0: saw Sanford Kelly's tweet yesterday saying that Yurian and Seth were no one and two in the game. Um.
3: I, I did not see that, but I, I, true, we've been got. But that's not what I was going to go for. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Akuma's at the top of every tier list. I think anyone would agree that he's a top five, probably top three character. But how is that different from. Any time since Takeda won EVO with him in 2017. He's been that way the whole time. And he uh, hasn't the, really the gone worse. The big difference
1: is everyone else has gotten worse around him. While well, he has stayed almost entirely intact. Now, he has gotten worse too. But the thing about Akuma is they nerfed three of his things. But he has 50 other things to fall back on. It's like, oh, you nerfed EX Demon Flip? Well, now I've got EX Fireball. Which I never had to explore before. Because why would I? But now I explore it and it's got four frames of recovery on whiff yeah like imagine a move with four frames of recovery on whiff and you're just like your mind explodes and you go why would you leave that in the game they're like oh but it's akuma
3: we left dude, it dude i've been playing st i'm surprised the moves have any recovery on whiff okay <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah well that's uh, this is with 30 years of research sure, i know sure, you're sure, speaking sure. with tongue in cheek a little bit but
0: yeah the expectations have definitely changed yeah and
3: i'm not saying anything of this is wrong like, I agree. I think Akuma's pretty crazy. Like, I still watch the game a lot. I still watch a lot of streams of it. He's still crazy. I, I think he is the best in the game. I'm just saying, from Capcom's perspective, looking at their player base, he's been like that for, what, yeah, almost four years now? And nobody's quit the game because of it, pr- And probably. John just said
0: he'd keep playing even if yeah. they didn't change him. So you're so, right. And why yeah. would they
3: change him? Exactly. Like, from yeah, a Capcom I mean, perspective...
1: And, and I'm hoping that's that's why we're doing this podcast today. And thank you so much for saying that, Nick. It's like, you know, why are you guys talking about it this passionately? We're talking about it because we want the game to be better. We want people loved Ultra Street Fighter 4 on a whole different level. Yeah, they didn't quit it because of balance, but they loved it because that game was so... You could actually play Gokin. You could play mm-hmm. Dudley and you could have it be a viable experience. The moment Yun showed up on the screen... You were at a disadvantage, but you 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 weren't dead. You weren't freaking Alex. Like, the moment you see Alex up on there on the screen, you might lose, but the chances are you're probably going to win. I mean, if you know what you're doing against Alex, you're probably going to win. Sure. That's not a good experience. That sucks. Like, I want there to be some mystique that maybe the Alex player has a chance it's Alex. He doesn't have a chance. That ship has sailed. I'm sorry, Nick, but that ship has sailed. <laughs> it's Fun. not happening, uh, but let's make that happen with Akuma. Yeah,
3: let, let me get into this a little bit, because you're you're saying that uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 is the, maybe the best balanced Street Fighter. Um, I'm going to go a step further and say it's definitely the best balance Street Fighter, because Ultra Street Fighter 4 has very, very solid balance. But if you look at Ultra Street Fighter 4, I would say that comparing bottom tiers to bottom tiers for Street Fighter 5, it's still about the same thing, because bottom tiers are still... Really bad in Street Fighter Four, however, something I've gone on record saying in the past is uh, out street Fighter four with its forty four character roster, I would say probably around thirty four of those are viable picks to solo main and still take a major back when it was the most active mm-hmm. um, and I think with Street Fighter Five, the gap is more so with Akuma against the mid tier. Because I think the uh, the gap between Akuma and a mid tier in Street Fighter Five is much wider than it was with a uh, Evil Ryu or Yun, et cetera, uh, against a mid tier in Street Ultra Street Fighter Four.
1: And we have someone who can actually prove that, right? Because we have someone who plays either a low tier or a mid tier who's very good with them. Steven, this goes back to you. Like, what do you feel like the difference is going from Gil to Akuma? Like, in, I know you described it before, but like in Nick's context, what more can you add to that?
2: Yeah, it, it, again, it really comes down to how hard you have to work for stuff. And, and in this game, that's all about commitment. And, and so there's such a heavy focus on offense and all these different things. It's like you can feel it immediately. It's like, OK, I I have to stand in neutral here with Gil and really try to play super solid and set up all of these different things. And if I'm off a little bit, I'm I'm screwed. Right. It's like that, there, there went my chance. Right. And I know that's kind of oversimplifying, but it's really what it feels like, because. With that character, like, you just keep you get beaten out in a lot of different situations where you wouldn't expect to. His normals like, are, are solid, but they're not great so it's like, you have to really try to play around what your opponent's doing versus playing someone like Akuma I can stand in neutral and basically spam crouching heavy punch mm-hmm. and you need to respect it to a certain degree right it's like there's a good chance you're gonna get crush counter and then i get an opening and i get to go in and push you to the corner and now i could start my nonsense right? massive
0: and, reward for very relatively small risk
2: yeah and and that really just is it's it flows through everything that akuma does right like it's, you get maximum reward for little risk and i, I was actually looking i was in trading mode earlier today testing uh the nerf that we'll talk about later but mm-hmm. um I was noticing, and I forgot about this, but EX Demon Flip can be cancelled into EX Air Fireball... For no extra meter, right. so you can do EX Demon Flip, and if you decide to do the Dive Kick, then you get, you know, you're what, you're plus one or you're you're safe on block at least, right? I don't know the exact frames, but you can also cancel that beforehand and do EX Fireball for free. Another yeah. no extra meter there. Oh, so or if you, you can let it slide that. for your low, which is yeah, also and safe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and
1: I I have to contrast that with Alex, who has to do like fifty things to get that same equivalent. One, he's got to pick V scale two, and then he's got to spin like fifty bits of meter. Oh. Well, like Alex, you're wrong, has, John.
2: Alex doesn't get the same equivalent ever. He doesn't, even, he doesn't no matter get what true most of the time either. <laughs> uh,
1: but, well, no, no. Nick knows what I'm talking about here mm. with his V skill 2 cancels. Like, you can do some equivalent stuff, but, like, just compare how much more difficult that is to set up for Alex and how many more resources he has to spend to do the equivalent, and it's not as good. You're right. Plus, V skill 2 is Nick, bad. Yeah, exactly. It's like, he's like, well, I mean, you could do that. But he's like, why would you even pick V-Skill 2 to begin with? Like, use V-Skill 1. You know, it, it's like, it, it. just the contrasting of that is just, it's mind-blowing. It's like, how did you let Akuma do this when Alex is like, there's comparable stuff there. And you're like, okay, but no, Akuma gets it, but Alex does not. Okay, one. I know, I, no I know it's
3: crazy for me to say this, because I've whined about Alex a lot on this podcast. But he's not a good measuring stick for this you're using you're like right. the worst you're character right. in the game against yes. probably the best right. character in game i i say we go somewhere in the middle look look at someone who's like who, who might have ryu? more potential yeah someone like ryu maybe sagat someone who's not great uh definitely low tier around there but might have some more juice and also has a similar play style in some regards as akuma but just can't do the same stuff
0: Well, I think one of the best things to highlight, uh, I love how Stephen put it, Akuma's privilege. And that's one of the best places for that term, I think, because... Uh, one of the most interesting things about gaming in general competitive gaming that I've found is the ability to in real time have to make the choice between one of two good things and then like the negatives of that right so like I'm in the middle of this combo do I want damage do I want meter build do I want situation do I want Oki, Uh corner carry whatever and you have to make that call and then uh, so a character like Akuma though with his bread and butter it builds meter it does plenty of damage builds V-Gage by the Does plenty of damage and he can opt to side switch with it and not sacrifice any of those things and still get oaky. It's like he gets all of those things doesn't have to make that call and is just happy go lucky the whole time about it while other characters um, rightfully so have to make those decisions more often. And, um, that kind of leads us into what we thought,
1: yeah, okay. now, i, I I'm going to jump in on that because you're you're right. You're going somewhere more with that, John, but I have a theory I've not told you guys. And I want to throw this out there, and I want to see what the reactions are to it. and i've not I've not said a single word of this to another person. Was the Akuma video that came out? We know who did that, And I mean, I'm not going to say who did the video because Capcom knows who did it, and we already wrote a story about it and other stuff like that. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to put the person on blast fully because it's a, you know Capcom's fully aware of it. But was that a next level communication technique from Capcom? And
0: I'm not even joking. It's dangerous if 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 that comes to fruition. Well, we should probably set up what it is for people that don't know before Go we for start. It. Okay, yeah. so what we saw in the uh, in the Garuda costume uh, highlight was Akuma doing his bread and butter combo, where normally he does his V-Skill kick, launches them into the air, and then crosses under with a light Tatsu to continue the combo thereafter. Therefore, his side switch that I was just talking about, he does the light Tatsu in that little trailer sequence, and it doesn't cross under. So many of us were thinking Capcom has nerfed Akuma uh, earlier than the balance patch, but they've done this ninja nerf where he no longer, well, I'm sorry, he could still cross under maybe with a medium kick Tatsu if that works, but he would have to choose between getting the damage or getting the side switch and that is exactly attending to what I was just talking about now as Steven was saying we tested it out this morning because the 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 version with that new costume is now live after a, a patch last night and it doesn't seem like that is actually in the game there's not a nerf you can still cross under with that Tatsu that's what your, your findings were correct
2: mm-hmm. yeah okay.
1: exactly and w- we both tested it and uh, but so what we're, we're thinking is that this is a uh, we know that Capcom has builds that are coming right and this is a future build and so they're showing us basically that they've nerfed akuma without telling us that they've nerfed akuma why the directly? hell do yeah. it that
0: way why not be a little in a, in a company that's been getting yelled at for the last four years about your communication practices because why would you do it this way games. I, this
1: is how you this is reptile this is the hidden character in Mortal <laughs> Kombat they want you paying attention this is the history of fighting that games was like
0: 30 years ago when secret characters okay. were a thing this is 2021 yeah. where you have to have a, a, a relationship with your audience and these are games as a service okay. and you've got an audience okay.
1: that's pissed oh, man. Okay, I'm going to uh, get this person in trouble I'm totally getting this person in trouble don't, now. are you going
2: to say their what
1: name what if you did not have permission to do that but you snuck it in there and wondered if people would be paying oh, attention.
0: Oh, it's a whistleblower? You,
1: then that's pretty cool. You, no, no, no. I definitely would not use the word whistleblower. What if you wanted to get that communication out to the community? You cared very much about this. You listen and follow the the complaints about the lack of communication. There's a lot of very high-level people at Capcom that understand this stuff and hear it with everything we're saying. They okay. do legitimately so, yeah. hear and and believe in what we're doing. What if this was your stealth way of putting out? And then that's how come I say next level communication. Um, we have we've put the, we plastered the story all up and down event hubs. There's there's no secret about it. Capcom knows who did the video. I think this person kind of snuck it in there, and I think it's a smart way of doing it's, it. And that's why I called it next level. It's possible. Wait, they
0: just get in trouble now. Yeah, I, mean. I hope not.
1: And, I I really hope not because Capcom, the person who did this is freaking smart and they're doing your high level work at a very good clip. They are, they are doing what they needs to be done for the community. This person should not be fired. They should be freaking promoted because of how smart this was to do it this is a way of of operating within the parameters that you've given this person and you need to realize the brilliance of what they're doing and reward them for it not punish them for
3: it i do think like no matter what the intent was um revealing it to the public was a mistake i'm not saying it was like a mistake in a general sense but they didn't mean for uh the public to know about this balance change um yeah
2: i and, I disagree on that. I think, I think it was intentional and I'll get into that. I'll let you finish. But, okay.
3: Yeah. I, I think it was was not intentional, but I don't know. And I, from whoever okayed the trader, at least like, um, the person recording it may well have done what John, uh, is talking about here, but I think from a managerial, uh, position, they did not intend f- to show this. And this actually brings me back to, I don't even remember which year this was, but there was one year of Street Fighter Five where balance was abysmal, and everyone was waiting for a 0.5 patch, and it didn't look like it was going to come. Season 3. It was season 3? Yeah. So season 3, this 0.5 patch never came. uh, Or it did, but it took a very long time. Everyone was thinking it wasn't going to come, because it was way later than uh, other years, and uh, they hadn't communicated about it. Uh, Now, I'm not going to name any names. Much like John, I have inside sources here. Uh, But I knew about the 0.5 patch and some of its changes... I think, three months before it happened. Um, so, obviously, these builds Capcom make are so much earlier than a lot of people probably realize. I think whatever balance patch they have coming up...
1: it's. A- I'll, I'll just add in, because I know from experience we're talking to a lot of people at Capcom, they're constant. They're yeah. constantly making brand new builds and stuff. Now, that, those constant builds may not ever surface, yeah. but they're always being made. Sure. So, please continue, Nick. Yeah,
3: so I think the balance patch we're going to end up getting, likely after Capcom Cup, probably with that, that's what everyone's assuming, mm-hmm. that that patch has probably been finalized in November or something. Maybe even earlier. Uh, so, you know, if a character kind of Makes an upset at Capcom Cup. Uh, we have rumors from Australia he's playing Cody. Let's say he bodies everyone and he wins Capcom Cup. I don't think there are going to be any Cody nerfs in this patch even if he has some super exploitable crazy thing because they're not going to know about it until then and the patch is going to be finalized so much earlier than they I, ever saw that
1: I mostly I mostly agree with you Nick that I think you're you're pretty correct on this but I do think there there's room for some tweaks in there but the the evidence is much more in your favor than mine in terms of what we saw with Laura right, right. Um, you know yeah. and, uh, and you're you are correct but I I do know from some talking with some people there that they can make some last minute tweaks and they do but you're right that it's mostly Finalized. Yeah,
3: we did yes. We did see something like that when Menardy won Capcom Cup, and Birdie suddenly got some nerfs, which he probably wouldn't have gotten if Menardi didn't win. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. But either way, uh, I think it's entirely possible that this was recorded on one of these builds that they're currently using, and they, honest to God, didn't even realize, like, oh, wait, this build isn't actually live yet. That's the Capcom that I know. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: I mean, I I think John's theory gives Capcom as a whole too much credit. Um, But as he went deeper into it, I definitely agree that I think the person responsible, I think this was an, an individual act. I think this was the person responsible knew that this was a significant nerf that's likely going to be in the next update. And here's this opportunity to showcase this without coming out and saying what it is. If you know, you and, know, and that's,
1: and, and Steven, how easy of a combo is that? Oh, that's how
2: that's his, that's one of his big bread and butter combos. It's, it's not hard to do. Yeah.
1: And how often do you showcase that in a trailer?
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's not something that you're going to be, it's, it's not super flashy or anything like that. It's, it's, that's why I think there was some intent behind it. Like, yeah, sure. Like you, you want to show Akuma doing his regular stuff. Right. But just knowing what I know and, and knowing who that person is very likely. I, and they also have some history doing stuff like this in the past. I won't get into that, but I think this was definitely like a, Hey guys, we can't really tell you what's happening yet. We can't give you any glimpses of this stuff, but here's this opportunity to slip in something that is super important. And this was a major nerf. You know, this is something that again, this, this has been a thorn in the side of players for a long time. You know, we had some people on Twitter being like, "Oh, that's not even a nerf. What are you talking about?" It's like that's this is definitely a nerf for Akuma. You know, doing that, making that, taking away that side switch is so people important. People said it for wasn't a character. nerf. There it, were some people say people, people say everything.
1: Yeah, some I, top I have to players were in. saying that too. So just g- g- look, I, I I'm going to say this because I know there are people at Capcom listening to this. In Capcom, you need to properly reward the person who did this because this was they still obeyed your wishes but they jumped in there and they did it on a next level and yeah you might be pissed off and salty about the way they went about this but this person is smart they are capable you need to reward this person please freaking listen to me i have watched your company bleed talent since i have been covering fighting games don't lose this person Keep them in there. Reward them for what they've done. If you listen to me on anything, listen to me on this one. This is a talented and smart person who is working hard for you. Make sure they're rewarded. Don't bleed more talent and get rid of this person. That is a message directly for Capcom. I'm sorry. I have to say it here because I need to say it. This person is smart. Keep them there. I'm sorry, guys. Please continue. Okay. I need
3: to ask, you, you said if they listen to you on one thing, do this. Does that mean they are now allowed to cancel Rose?
1: I <laughs> already got Rose canceled. Dude, you're just getting me in trouble, man. I got her delayed a year. You said I, one I thing. Got her you said one
3: thing. <sighs>
1: I, I i just man i i'm just gonna go bury my head in the sand man
0: <laughs> so what happens if this next patch rolls out which by the way it's about five and a half weeks away at this point if they come if it comes out after capcom cup is over with
3: probably what will. happens
0: if this drops and they don't have the akuma nerf that we're thinking it's going to be like what what's the reaction there like if this was some kind of a like we'll show something that may or may not be coming to fruition, and you really excite people and also confuse people, but you give them this kind of glimmer of hope. And but it, but like, do are we are we processing this as like a confirmed it's going to happen kind of change, or it's just one of these builds no, that's floating it's... around that could or couldn't happen?
1: If that's the only change they give Akuma, which is a possibility, um, it's like, look, this is one of the final times Capcom is going to touch Street Fighter V. You look at the roadmap; this is what their plan is. They there is one major balance patch after this, but this is going to be the game we're stuck with, and we're going to get into it more here in the future, um, talking about how bad COVID has impacted the developers and what kind of timelines we're looking at. But Street Fighter V has a longer lifespan in front of it than most people realize. Uh, It's this game is going to be around for a while. You do not want to let akuma just run wild his raging demon of terror let's freaking bring this guy down uh, and 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 do this properly and and it's just gonna hurt the game more than it needs to be hurt like street fighter 5 does not need this right we we just talked about the history of the game and it's like i love the game and you guys are recapping all the stuff that happened and i'm getting super depressed every single time you guys open your mouth because there's literally nothing i can say to defend the game in terms of, like, the history we went through, like, this has been just this massive disappointment of a game. Let's end it on a good note. Let's finally freaking address this game like it needs to be. And but and you guys are like, why are you such an idiot optimist? Because I am an idiot optimist. That's literally my problem. You guys are right. I'm wrong so often about my outlook on this i'm like please finally address akuma that's the whole point of this podcast i'm like, i'm begging them to please do it properly because i'm i'm fearful they're not and you guys are right like you guys are 100 correct that they might not do it properly and i i think I, my head's full of marbles or whatever i don't know i don't i don't know why i'm so optimistic about this i i guess i just hope Ma- so. Ma- imagine
3: this he's talking about being depressed and he didn't even make alex for three years <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah um i
2: think if if we don't you know if we do see the um the next balance update coming and this this uh this nerf isn't in there i think it's likely that it was a conscious effort to get it to revert it um at this point because i think that again just kind of going with what we were talking about before i think that was intentionally shown because that was something like hey this is a glimpse of the future you know by this person um and if it's not in the next build of the game or you know the next update i think that there was probably a little bit of like, yeah, we're going to get that out now. Like, we shouldn't have shown that. That's not right kind of thing, which would be a, a bad choice. Again, this is a this is a good nerf for Akuma. This is a very good start. Um, this is something that has bothered people for a long time. And if this next update comes out and that nerf is gone, it's like, come on, what are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think they're setting themselves... They're setting themselves up for a lot of potential uh, still negativity with the community. If this doesn't play out in like the the perfect fashion, it's just you guys don't have a lot of clout right now. You don't have a lot of charisma and momentum. I don't think you should be taking chances like this, especially if I mean, we've talked before about the lack of communication between different uh, uh, branches of Capcom and the decision making processes that go through that. And, the you know, and, and, and all that stuff It's just like be simple about it. Give us the roadmap and 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 have it be true, you know. Give us the list of changes. You don't have to play all hinty, weird, around corners games like this where we we can develop our own expectations that may or may not have any kind of grounding and then but be disappointed by them when they don't come to fruition because we're not sure what to expect. It's like, don't play this game. Maybe NRS could play this game because they're in a very different position and they have a very different relationship with their community. But start at square one, man. I don't like this crazy, weird, convoluted, maybe it's a thing, maybe it's not, maybe it'll come to fruition, maybe it won't kind of approach
1: to me it's there's some there's some big time egos at capcom and you got to check your ego yes you have been a top level level developer for fighting games for a long time i get that but you also got to check your ego and be like hey this is what the community is saying this is what a bunch of smart people are saying let's really work hard on this and do it right and you can't be as arrogant as you have been in the past. And I can tell you that there's some big-time arrogant people at Capcom that have really thrown their weight around. Some of them might be not there anymore. Some of them still are. And and come up with a better approach than what you've done in the past here is is what I implore these people to do. And it's like, this is not for me. This is for the community. This is so, when 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 you guys talk to me about Street Fighter V and you, you talk about all the things that did wrong... At least this is not one more thing on that freaking list. At least it's like, hey, you know what? At least they, they fixed Akuma somewhat. And, and let me shout them out here because we, we just did an article about this. We talked about five characters that we thought they did a great job with. And I thought that was a really good list you put together, John. Uh, and I personally feel like and a lot of us were skeptical. And I'll go over to Nick on this one. I felt like they did a pretty good job with Rashid. And Nick, I know that was like one of the, the sore thumbs you've had in fighting games. How do you feel like they addressed, uh, how do you feel like they addressed Rashid?
2: F-ing
3: terribly. Why are you throwing this over to me? Rashid, <laughs> no, Rashid is like 90% of why I quit the game. Yep. Holy yep. fuck. But,
1: but now from, from season four to now in season five, do you feel like they actually legitimately addressed him and made and dialed him back?
3: Nope. Okay.
2: <laughs> not at all so, i think
3: he's f- <laughs> awful like every complaint you guys have about akuma i think goes for rashid as well he's f- terrible i hate him and,
1: and and so capcom that's another opinion of someone who who has quit your game almost over this character hear that and understand where they're coming from check your ego and understand that we don't care about anything we don't have an agenda in terms of like what characters we want good or bad we care about the game being great that's what we care about here. And this is, I can speak for the entire team. That's what we care about. And, and we want your game to be great. So hear us here. We're, we don't know everything, but, but understand what we and the community are saying carries weight. Check your ego and understand that's what we're telling you this stuff for.
3: I mean, sure. When you have a community and you can see them giving feedback on everything, you can't listen to everything because not like every opinion is valid. But you need to put it in context. You can't listen to every opinion because some people are going to... You have to try and like sift through what is a legitimate concern and what's just kind of like salt or they haven't even tried to learn the matchup or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's where it becomes difficult as a fighting game developer to try and make these changes, even more so with Capcom that are a uh, Japanese... Uh, fighting game developer and a lot of the feedback uh, they take in probably comes from the japanese community which may have different uh, views uh, than a lot of us uh, here in the western area Uh, so i think that's like a part of it as well because it's not always the same characters that are seen as problem characters depending on the region Um, for sure
1: it's a hard and Nick you're saying that it's a hard job and yeah. I, I don't think any of us you know no one here is saying that this is easy the, and I really do think they do brilliant work and that needs to be said too uh, they're very hard working they're smart people they're like I said just uh I'd like to see a little less ego in some of these choices that they've made sure um but on that note here, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. But I do have to give before we end this a special shout out to put Garuda in Street Fighter Five from our comments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did he did a well deserved victory lap today, and it's like you know what, dude, you earned that one. You called that a long time ago, and this is your day in the spotlight. So shout outs to you. We do read the comments, and boom, this is your this is your moment in the sun.
0: Yeah, just so everyone, uh, there's a there's a guy that's or girl that's been commenting for years and years now named put Karuda in Street Fighter 5. And uh, <laughs> man, uh, Finally that, happened. Yep, cosmic yeah. poetry. All right, I think that's everything that everybody had to say about that. Unless, Steven, you had anything else to, to add about Akuma.
2: Nope. I'm going to enjoy the Akuma privilege until they don't nerf him in the next Balance Update, and then I'll probably enjoy it more. <laughs> Dude, I'm just waiting
3: for the Akuma nerfs, and then you guys are going to complain about Dan, because he's going to be the new broken character. <laughs>
0: It'd be nice to have a new tune to sing. Huh? All right. Well, we're going to kick Steven off here. Everybody else hang out. We're going to talk about some, uh, what do we got next? KOF 15. All right. That sounds exciting.
2: All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'll see you. All
0: right. So King of Fighters 15. Now, one of the main facets that everybody immediately gravitated to because of what happened with King of Fighters 14's reveal were the game's graphics. Nick, as an avid fan of the franchise... What did you think about the graphics uh, upon our first viewing here?
3: I think it looked good, uh, especially like, a big point of contention with the last one, King of Fighters 14, was that everyone thought the graphics were really ugly, and they were doing these absolutely absurd comparisons where they were saying it was PS2 graphics, and I was like, you guys haven't touched a PS2 in 10 years, clearly. Oh, I thought
0: it was PS1. I remember seeing memes of, like, King of Fighters with a PS1, like, well, maybe I'm <laughs> misremembering now, and it's not really... You know, no, no, I know yeah. the
3: one you're talking about, and it's really funny, because it's the yeah. Tekken 2 cover, I think, and they have Andy in there, and he <laughs> seamlessly fits in, uh, but I obviously that's been that's been using some editing and they did brush up the graphics afterwards uh, obviously it was not on par with what you'd expect from most uh, PS4 games when it came out uh, the graphics were definitely subpar but it also had a 50 character launch roster
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, people just looked like they were really sick, and that like the sun doesn't really shine in King of Fighters fourteen. At least not when it when it first came out, you know. It was actually uh, and very had different super between character split, and Unhealthy hair, like all their ends were just grossly split, and there's no, there wasn't much texture to things from yeah, what I remember.
3: Yeah, but it was a big difference between character to character. Like Andy looked terrible, mm-hmm. but Iori looked great. There was nothing no, wrong with the original. The Disney
0: characters got special treatment, but the ca- oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> you went there,
3: man. That's
1: that's hardcore. Um, I, I will not mention that for myself because I I look at something like Mortal Kombat 11 and I go, okay, that looks almost next generation. So so when I jumped in and I saw King of Fighters 15's graphics. I was a bit disappointed. I'm not terribly disappointed. This is not King of Fighters 14 where I was outright like, "Uh, no, no, no. You know, this is, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, it's good, but it's not great. It doesn't feel next gen to me. But You
0: you were not impressed okay. from what I recall when it came out. Everyone was like, this is good. This is hitting the standard that we were hoping for. It's not the best, but you came out and I, well, I'm just talking about my reaction to what you okay. said. Yeah,
1: But not impressed doesn't mean disappointed. There, there's a key word there. And I'm like, I, you're right. I was 100% not impressed. It felt like a game that came out like if these were the graphics for a game like three or four years ago, that's kind of what it feels like to me and still does. Like, But that's not terrible. I mean, I still think Street Fighter V looks like a great game. Like, And I mean, you can go back there and look at some <clears> of the <throat> other games and and say that that looks really good. But Nick, it sounds like you you may disagree with that.
0: Wait, we're, are we going to let him say Street Fighter V it looks like a great game
3: and just skip over no, that? No, that's
1: why i was going to Nick, dude. I, I wanted <laughs> to chime in on that.
3: On Street Fighter V, I... Okay, but here's the thing. I have a lot of criticism of Street Fighter V, but visuals have never been one of them. Yeah. I think it's overblown. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Ken's face looks terrible on the character's back screen, but it doesn't turn matches. Like, a lot of the stuff that's uh, bad about Street Fighter V visually is very situational. It's the same with the, the clipping. Yeah, the clipping is terrible, but beside the clipping is terrible. Yeah, but like outside of that, um, the models are high quality. Uh, the lighting is really off on windscreens a lot of the time. So a lot of the windscreens look goofy, but the models aren't bad. Like if you look in match, they look a lot better. I still think Poison looks bad because of the way they've like done her face and makeup and hair. But even then, if you compare Poison in mid-match to her win screen, she looks so much better in her match.
1: And some of her costumes are beautiful. Like, um, I I know her default, like, it makes her look a little bit, uh, like, I, I love the way Poison looks because I'm really into, you know, curvy looking women no no shock there and we're going to talk about Mai here in a second we're going to get back to King of Fighters but uh I I know like her um what is it her like basically like a mafia outfit or whatever she has like she looks it's a
3: wrestling promoter oh no that one yeah, yeah. the mafia one yeah.
1: yeah and I mean she has some outfits that look fantastic they don't look good they look fantastic and that's a little bit of a Capcom secret sauce there where the base DLC outfit they give you is not nearly as good as the the, the ones you can buy Right, the ones you can yeah. buy, they're like, we're gonna make these really good. Like, I, I know the super that's how you do it. Not. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a secret sauce there, and I don't blame them for doing that. So, you know, yeah. when
0: it comes to lighting, by the way, I think that's like one of the key things in the difference between fourteen and KOF again, fourteen and fifteen is like, uh, and maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but I think that one of the major uh, improvements is just that they made the lighting that much better.
3: Uh yeah, I mean one thing that's pretty important to uh, know about King of Fighters 14, which I di- I didn't know until recently, is that the models themselves are really high quality cuz some someone actually extracted the models and uh, started like playing around with lighting and stuff and they're very very good. So if you look at the King of Fighters 15 trailer, I can almost guarantee you that those are the exact same models that they used for used for 14. They just did different things. With them. They had more experience. They understood better what to go for. And I wouldn't they say. They gave that... them some nice conditioner, gave yeah. them some nice lights. Yeah. Exactly. I, uh, I wouldn't say that um, King of Fighters 15 necessarily has a very unique visual style to it, but much more than King of Fighters 14 did, because 14 didn't really have a style. It was just models on a stage right mm-hmm. uh whereas if you look at their next project Samurai showdown very clearly went for a more Street Fighter 4esque um, brushes moving classical Japanese feel which fits extremely well with the uh, aesthetic of Samurai showdown uh, obviously it's more difficult to do something like that with King of fighters 15 because it even if they did it probably wouldn't mesh as well but they've done something they've at least they've made a visual style even if that style isn't like necessarily popping as like street fighter four did when it was revealed and it was like whoa what what the hell is this this is pretty interesting it's still something uh whereas king of fighters 14 was more muted in that regard now, muted is a good word yeah,
1: Nick, talk a little bit more about the art styles here because we both love samurai showdowns graphics we think it looks fantastic like that's one of my favorite looking modern era games i love the visual style of the new samurai Shodown. right in, now, mm-hmm. King of Fighters, there I agree with you that it's hard to – basically what you told me is it's hard to mesh all the different characters and make the art styles work, right? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that, like uh, the history of the King of Fighters games where the, they've had different art styles and they, it kind of, there's a motif going basically, right? Is kind of what you told me.
3: King of Fighters is a very interesting franchise in that it takes its story very seriously even if nonsensical things often happen in it and it will follow – certain characters it has different story arcs so anyone who's played king of fighters a lot will know that like in the beginning they had shinkiro who does this very realistic art i think everyone's seen it from if nothing else from capcom versus snk2 because every character has one of those versions there that where it looks they look very real uh and he was the artist for the whole orochi saga which was the early was it king of fighters 94 to 98 well, technically, 98 is the dream match game, but whatever, that's not really relevant. Um, so, in that era, Kyo was the main character. And most people still see Kyo as the main character, because he was the original main character, but he hasn't been for a long time. Uh, and then, uh, so the art was pretty realistic then, but also, that was an earlier style of Shinkiro, so it was kind of like 90s aesthetic. It was pretty, it was a lot like movie posters from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, which was very popular in the early 90s, which was when these games were coming out. Uh, then when they moved over to the Nest saga, where K-Dash is the new protagonist, um, they switched artists. Uh, I think Shinkaro was actually the main artist in like uh, 99, maybe one more game, but they went a much more absurdist style. I think it's KOF 2002, where if you look at the art, uh, like Orochi Iori looks like one of these, like he almost looks like a modern rendition of the, uh, oh, what's that famous painting? Um, it's called Skriet in Swedish. Uh, it's like this person just uh, with their hands on their cheeks and like, doing a menacing scream. yell. The scream, yes. Uh, Orochiori almost looks like a demonic rendition of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have Yamasaki, and he looks like an ogre or something. Like It's very absurdist, uh, which fit more with the style that was going on than with the Nest saga, where there was a lot of like, story-wise bodily experimentation and such with clones and everything. And then... Uh, they went on to the Ash Crimson saga, where Ash was the main character, very androgynous character, and they went full anime. Like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous how anime the art style is uh, during that era. And you can, like, it, when you look at each of these eras, you can also see this kind of reflected in the characters that show up. Because if you look at the early King of Fighters, the characters are quite grounded. They're characters you can expect to see in a martial arts or action movie. A lot of them.
1: So, Nick, how how do you think that, what do you think SNK was going for with King of Fighters 15, like the art style? How would you describe it like you described the past games?
3: I think it's kind of like a modern rendition of cell shading in that they want their 3D games to look like a 2D game, but not entirely. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of their take on the kind of Arxis formula we have now, but they don't want to copy them. Right. They want to do their own thing of it, and that's kind of what it looks like to me. Uh, and they're obviously gonna combine a lot of characters from the different eras as well as, uh, the new characters. We have Shunay confirmed he was the main character in 14. He's still the main character in 15. Um, and I don't know what to make of his design. Like, I think I'm, I'm kind of neutral on him as a character, but the dude has like headphones. He has a jacket he isn't even wearing. He has it like a cape or something. Uh, and he has a tie. Like, he's all over the place. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know what style would really mesh with this character. And even if you find a style that meshes with him, how are you going to make that style mesh with someone like Kyo, who's a much more grounded character, or Mai, who's just like a lewd ninja? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he looks like a rebellious teenager that's just trying to do things, like, wrong. Or, like, in Big Daddy, when the when Adam Sandler lets his kid dress himself, right, and name himself and stuff, it's just this hodgepodge of stuff, uh, and and... You're right, though. I'm like, what is this exactly? It's like, oh, I'm gonna go to school, but I'm also gonna ditch school, and and yeah. uh, I don't know. It's... And I'm gonna go to the office because I got a
3: tie. <laughs>
0: it, but I wanted to, on on this character since we're we're talking about one of my notes here because I'm not as familiar with the KOF series and, and franchise and such. Uh, is that I I noticed in doing some of my research that indeed the protagonists, the main characters tend to change and I thought that was interesting because especially coming from a Street Fighter background when they did that in Third Strike and it's not the only reason that it didn't work out in Third Strike. There there were other factors here but like it wasn't exactly received all that well and I was wondering like is this something that one evidently it's okay to do because they've been doing it for a long time but is this modern character Shunai how do you say it? Shunai? Shunai? Shunai. I don't know if
3: that's the correct pronunciation but it's what i've heard mm-hmm.
0: all right i'm gonna call him Shuni. uh since this guy is is you know he he was introduced in 14 as the main protagonist and now he's back in 15 is that digestible or is that even a thing that people worry about or is that totally
3: fine i he didn't exactly light the world on fire in 14 um mm-hmm. but neither did ash when ash was introduced ash was actually fairly controversial because kyo was very popular when he was introduced mm-hmm. uh when when KOF it started existing and then when they switched to k-dash i mean k-dash is like the epitome of cool so everyone really loved him as well dude throws his sunglasses at you for a super and then grabs them again after he beats you it's like it's pretty cool (laughs) um so k-dash was also very well received and then you have ash who's not a traditionally cool guy um but by the end of ash's uh saga he had swung around to become a very popular character because of his personality and moveset and everything. And I think that's probably what they're banking on with Shunet. Uh The big difference here, I think, is that Ash was never portrayed as uh, stereotypically cool. while well, I think Shune is kind of... They're trying to portray him as stereotypically cool, but in like six different ways at the same time. Yeah. So that's I'm right. not sure. It, it, it really looks yeah. like...
1: It, what he reminds me of, and this is not going to be good, is Lucky Chloe. From Tekken Seven, and I love uh, Lucky yeah. Chloe. Yeah, and, and look, I I like like the Lucky Chloe story. I love this because Nick was like, I was really into Lucky Chloe. And but Harada, like I played his uh, his, the ending and I, I got to see it, and she's just she's awful, she's this horrible person, and it's like I wanted to get into her and other stuff. And uh, and so Nick telling this stuff, Nick will go off on tangents sometimes, and they're like the best freaking thing. It's like one of the best parts of working on Event Hubs is hearing Nick go off about something he loves. Um, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I'm still in your thunder here. My apologies, Nick, but he does remind me of like Chloe.
0: He, well, he's got headphones for no apparent reason, and she and so does she, and then she's got the ears, but then she. She also has basically like a kind of a jacket, sort of just thrown over the shoulders, kind of look with her. No, I was gonna say goofy, but different looking cat furry arm things, and I don't know. I can um, see where you're coming from as far as the the similarities in their seemingly hodgepodge thrown together attires.
3: But at least she's wearing her jacket. Shouldn't it just kind of has it draped over his shoulders.
0: I, I, I see that Ed costume all the way and that's my that's my special move is to tie things back to Street Fighter 5 by the way but I see that Ed <laughs> costume and I hate it and I always have. I'm like wear it or don't but like make a decision with your life.
1: <laughs> so I have I've given SNK a lot of crap here like in terms of like a, a good amount of crap like on some of the stuff I, I don't agree with at all but I do want to talk about something I do agree with a lot of all things. Um SNK's audience is very passionate and very dedicated. And so it's important that you appeal to them, right? Like most of the SNK games aren't going to cross over and hit mainstream gamers and the masses and like sell fifty billion copies, like we've seen with other fighting games. That's that's not what they're trying to do. Uh, they've done a brilliant job with what they have. Uh, we've talked about them being the the kings of crossover, and they are. They are the best fighting game company for crossover ties. Around period, and it's not even close. There's not even a close second to them. They are hands down number one, and I respect the hell out of what they've done with what they have. They they know what they are, and they market to it. And speaking on that, I have to talk about Mai because, uh, and I really wish we had our YouTube show going right now because we would get like five million hits on this if we put Mai in the the, the thumbnail because of how good she looks, relatively speaking here in the new King of Fighters 15. And I want to say this, that that I'm so happy the developers did not cater to the cancel culture people that are out there. Right. I, I'm not saying that Maya is some hyper realistic, like, you know, model of females. She's a bit of a caricature of that type of woman, but she's a woman who's very in touch with her sexual side and and. That actually reminds me of something in the community. that's a, this is a little bit of a stretch, but you know, it's 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 there. It's Fudo's wife, uh, Yuka, is her name, and she's a model. And she actually lists this here on on her Twitter profile, but it's also in Japanese, so bear with me. But she's a butt model, like that's what she lists there. So I don't know if that's a, you know a little bit lost in translation. Uh, I couldn't look at that well, page for gravure, right? yeah yeah. I couldn't look at that page for too long because my wife is gravure. around, and that would be a problem. <laughs> so I had to kind of glance at it. And be like, I'm looking at this for work purposes, and that excuse does not hold up for long um but uh the thing about it is, is Fudo's wife is very pretty she's a very very pretty woman uh she's very out there with her sexuality but that's okay because she's a model that's what she does um one of the things that really jumps out to me though is that when Fudo lost in the CPT uh, against Daigo and got second place like him and his wife both cried at that moment like it was on air and and it was to me, like being in a relationship and being with my wife for 10 years and stuff like that, it showed a kinship. It showed an understanding of, of what her partner was going through. And, and and like, just, I felt so much love with them. And when I'm looking at their, their, their Twitter profiles and other stuff, they are genuinely sharing emotion and positivity and beautiful things back and forth. And yeah, his wife does risky modeling and all that other kind of stuff, but who cares? He loves her for who she is and, and that reminds me of Mai and it reminds me of like you know it's like that's who Mai is that's the, and there are women out there like that There and it's cool that SNK basically said screw all you people who are doing council culture we're going to take a risk we're going to bring back Mai the exact way that people love her and there are ex- examples of that that exist out there I, I just thought it was cool it was ballsy but it's honoring the fans who love Mai for who she is and how she is and I thought that was freaking awesome.
0: I suppose it's worth kind of contrasting um, how Dead or Alive did their earliest marketing with, I, I, I know DOA, uh, was it the, the most recent one, Six, uh, was, you know, there was like, it's going to be way dialed back in terms of sexuality and sensuality, and it kind of wasn't, right? But they wanted to go with that marketing to begin with. Um, at the same time, during this same trailer, not my, but uh, but Leona, right? She's one of the characters that pop up. Um, I was looking at the uh, KOF 14 versus 15 comparison videos and similar uh, animations, and in this 15 one, they give her plenty of uh, in, in like the, the close up sequence where she you know throws her hand out behind herself. There's plenty of, uh, you know, boob jiggle and such. There's, there's definitely a presence of sexuality. Um, and it's even more so than what you would have seen in KOF 14. So I don't know where we're exactly at with all the sexuality cancel culture kind of stuff. And if we should be making these games more PC or less or whatever. But um, I can say that it does seem that it, SNK has gone more in that direction for this game, or I think, more aptly put, has not shied away from, you know, being sexual at least to a to a certain degree with
3: this. I think it's interesting that you bring up Dead or Alive of all things, because Dead or Alive 6 did have Mai in the game as well mm-hmm. as a guest, right. <laughs> and uh, she was the same there as she is here uh, I really think a lot of that Dead or Alive stuff I think we even did pieces about it on the site because I know I talked to John about it Uh, It was a lot of empty talk and they did the same thing for Dead or (laughs) Life 5. They just kept talking about like, oh, uh, there's not going to be a sexual angle. And then there totally is. And it's like, you're just pissing off both sides now. Like, what's the point? When you
1: get up on stage and you have the characters blowing each other. I think you've probably taken a step too far over what your statements were. <laughs> probably a couple steps too far, right? Um, and oh, even more, about... even more of
3: a seven degrees of Kevin Bacon here because uh, Fudo's <laughs> wife was part of that.
1: Yes, exactly. You're right. You're right. And um, <laughs> so, where I want to go with this actually is, I do want to talk about. Can, like,
3: can we tell? Can
0: we tell people that don't know what you're talking about? Oh, no, very John, briefly, what that you is. You just
1: volunteered to do that, so go ahead and feel free to explain all those wonderful details. The,
0: well, Evo. Japan <laughs> EVO Japan, uh, Evo Japan yes. 2018? Nick, go for it, because I, I don't remember the okay. any details anyway to yeah. do this.
3: I think it was EVO Japan 2019. I think that was the first EVO Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were presenting their Alive 6, and they had two models uh, hired to do so. And one of them was uh, Yuka Kuromochi. Uh, or, I guess, yeah, she probably has a different name now since she's married to Fudo. Mm-hmm. She probably took his name. Um, so I guess that would be Yuka I probably? But whatever, I might be wrong. Either way, uh, she was one of these models, and they would play it on stream, and they would uh, purposefully pause on loot poses. And <laughs> what John is referring to is one where I like Bass, as far as I remember, Bass, the big, burly, uh, kind of wrestling type character, uh, was doing like some sort of body slam type thing. Uh, on one of the female characters and uh, they paused on it and zoomed in on her face and it looks very it, they just it
0: paused it like you do when you're i remember doing this with street fighter 2 not understanding it was their neighbor kids were playing and they would like jump with cammy or Chun Li and pause the game when it was at its lewdest point <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but they were doing that on the evo, the <laughs>
1: evo. yeah on the grand and stage. stage and again and, they, and they they what was would,
0: the famous trademark phrase that came oh, out from that
1: core values Dead or Alive 6 core values edition.
0: That's probably all we needed to say was core values and everyone would know what we're talking about. But that's what blowing each other on stage.
3: That's yeah, exactly. So no, I, Just I, to I, clarify, they weren't blowing each other on stage. Yes. Literally.
1: <laughs> it just looked like... Now, okay, so I, I do want to actually talk about that. And all things, I'm going to defend what the Evo staff did at that time because context matters. And let me talk about this with Bayonetta and Smash. Bayonetta is very, very, very sexual. But they Nintendo has kept her fairly intact to who she was, but they've dialed all that stuff back because of the context of smash. Smash is supposed to be a very kid friendly game and it is. And even though, so Bayonet is in there and she retains some of like the way she walks. Oh my gosh. It's like, wow. Okay. You can see that she's not freaking a princess peach out there, right? It's very apparent right from the get go that Bayonet is much more in touch with her sexual side and how she looks, but they kept her in context of the game. And that's what makes it appropriate. It's like, look, there's no problem with dead or alive existing, or my existing, or anything like that. But the context of that matters a ton. If you're uh, making an event that is open to everyone, and you're you have kids and stuff in the audience. You don't want that kind of stuff happening, and I get that. And you don't want Bayonetta being hardcore sexual and Smash because Smash is a game for kids. So I do want to put that out there because people are like, you know, Evo staff, hypocritical, all that kind of stuff. I understand that, and I agree with a portion of that for sure. But I also agree with their choice of like, hey, look, like, in the middle of an Evo presentation is not the time to pull out a bunch of sexual stuff uh, and, and put that on full display without any warning. That's not OK to do. And I think most people, if you asked them, like, if, you know, they would be OK with that or not. They'd be like, yeah, that, that, that was kind of going too far. Right.
0: So even Mr. Wizard knows that's. Going <laughs> oh, <too far>. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: boy, that's that's a toxic waste dump right there. Oh, my goodness. So um, anyway, uh, but moving on here, uh, Nick. <laughs> King of Fighters 15 is not on everyone's 2 playlist. Like it's not like you know, hey, it's not the next AAA fighting game, right? But I know you love the game and respect the game. Like, what would you say to people out there who are on the fence about trying it? What would you say to them as to kind of like make them understand like how cool this franchise? And SNK games are really cool. They are so stylistic. Like, what would you what would you say to them?
3: I mean, the thing is with King of Fighters 15, I can't say much because I don't love every KOF game. Uh, sometimes they don't gel with me. Um, and I don't know how King of Fighters 15 is going to play it. I don't even know if the characters I like are going to be in it. They probably will, but you know, I don't know for sure. So what I will say at this point is anyone who's like hesitant about trying KOF, I would recommend picking up King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match because it's available on Steam. Uh, it's coming on PS4 now. They announced that as well. Uh, for people who are like very online oriented, it now has rollback uh the online works pristinely for me anyway uh and i'm an online hater like to an extreme degree um with that game you can try the basics you can find this simple stuff that's fun about kof but there's also like intense depth in that game uh so you can you can play it in the way that you like you can find some characters that you like because they have tons of them especially in o2 um i think they have like 60 characters or something uh try it out give it a shot and, you know, if you can play O2UM and say, nah, this isn't any fun, even after giving it an honest shot, then KOF might not be for you.
1: And Nick, how much does it cost right now? Because I, I know that's one of the big selling points on this. How, how cheap is it?
3: Mm, it was a while since I bought it, but I know it's like it's the, it's. Definitely not full price because it's a I can look it up game. right now in the
0: Steam store. I think it was like two bucks or something ridiculous like that at one point. But that might have been holiday. That days, was but... during
3: a sale. I'm sure it's probably like ten bucks. Yeah, or I, I just looked it up. It's fifteen. But it's like that's
1: like a meal if you're in California. Unfortunately, it's a meal. Like, that's what you have to pay for it. Um, uh, Steven and I, like, uh, John is in Arizona and he's like, you have to pay 15 bucks for a meal. I'm like, yeah, dude, our minimum wage goes up every other month. That's how it works here. I mean, I used to live (laughs) there.
0: I I just, it's been long enough that I forgot. You have to fork out 20 bucks to park somewhere. Oh my gosh. And that's before you get the ticket that you're going to get anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) California, man. Shouts to that. But 15 bucks and you can actually get, like, uh, you get two a pack. Like, so if you want to give it to a friend, like, you can get it for 25. Uh, But what Nick is saying is like, it's a really cheap way to see if you want to get into it. and it's like these old games, man. Their gameplay, this this is a prized entry in the King of Fighters franchise. 2002 Unlimited Match is one of the like the hallmarks of like, yeah, you know, so it's a great way to try King of Fighters and just see what it's about if you don't want to make the full commitment to it. So,
3: yeah, give it a shot, see what you feel like, and like odds are if you do enjoy it and you can find free characters that you like in it, odds are pretty good that they're like not everyone from O2UM is going to be in 15. But a lot of them are going to be in it.
0: And you mentioned you said three characters because these are well, sort of team games, and then yeah. you you not so much with the assist factor, right? But that you have three characters that you have to play through. Um, and and what I wanted to ask you about is when we got this trailer for KOF fifteen, the developers said, and they they really didn't give us much, but they said that they're doing they have new plans for team composition. I'm wondering, does that? Well, I want to hear your speculation on that. Do you think that has to do with just the way they organize? Because I know they do these little like kind of team like nightmare, or team good guys or team bad guys, which is kind of just, you know, an aesthetic. But yeah. uh, do you think you're, that they're talking about the way that the teams function? Like maybe, hey, now there are going to be assists a la, you know, Dragon Ball Fighters and things like that? Or or what do you think there?
3: That was the early discussion uh, because I remember Steven, Dream King, he interpreted at first as if they were going to, swap up the team system maybe have a sits maybe do a 2v2 or something but um i looked at it closely and when you look at it in context um even more so if you know japanese i don't know if the subtitles were quite as clear it's very obvious that they're talking about the team compositions as in which characters are in what team uh so what they're basically saying is like we've seen kyo we've seen Benimaru. Uh, Kyo and Benimar are traditionally part of Team Japan alongside uh, Daimon, who's a judo fighter. Uh, we haven't seen Daimon. So, what they're basically saying is just because you've seen Kyo and Benimar, it doesn't mean Daimon's in the game. Oh, mm. I
0: see. So, they're also playing that, which which has very much become like a what kind of hints do we have if Gil gets a, uh, or if Yuri gets a Gil costume? Yeah. And does that disconfirm? Uh, uh, you know, Gill for the game later, things like yeah. that, speculations. And this is an even more obvious one because of the way they've done that before. Okay, well, hey, that lays that to rest because I bet there are a lot of people that are wondering what do they mean by that and does it mean they're going to change up the actual mechanic or is it just more of an aesthetic thing? So
3: Yeah, I really think it's all about like the story-wise teams. And uh, it's interesting because if you look at what we have confirmed so far, we've seen Kyo, Benimaru, Shunei, and then we've seen Leona, K- and Mai. I believe those are all the characters we've seen. Uh The only characters on this list who have ever shared a team are Kyo and Benimaru. And they've done it a lot of times. But they also have Benimaru sporting uh, Chinese-inspired clothing. And Shunei, uh, the new protagonist, is actually, I believe he's... Oh, I don't know about Ash, but Kyo and Keidash are both supposed to be Japanese, uh, as far as I'm aware. So, in if nothing else, Shunei is the first Chinese protagonist. So Benimaru now having Chinese clothing suggests that maybe he's on Shunei's team now you know? Uh, and when you look at, like, Mai, Leona, and K-Dash, uh, K-, they have no reason to be on team with each other. Uh So I think they introduced a bunch of characters they know are popular, but they also stressed, like, because if you see Mai, you're probably going to naturally assume that her most regular teammates, uh King and Yuri, are naturally going to be in the game. And they're kind of like, yeah, don't expect that, because... Teams are going to be different. We don't know for sure. Like, just because K-Dash is here, that doesn't mean Kula and Maxim are going to come. And we're in an age of DLC now. So, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have some really wacky team combinations. And then they're going to save some very popular characters for early DLC. Because that's kind of how you do it these days. So, a character like Kula Diamond, a character like Iori Agami, these sort of mainstays that people love and are on all the KOF branding. Don't be surprised if they're not in the game at launch. because. They're gonna save some of the big hitters for deals. Yeah, it's it's, sure. it's a day and
1: age, and but I, you know, uh, please, uh, game companies out there, uh, you know, listening to this, remember what Smash did as well, you know, and, and how many sales yeah. Ultimate has generated. Don't do that too much because we need a really good launch roster to work with. We need it, and, yeah. and you know, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite keeps being brought up here as a joke. Unfortunately, well, don't forget about that lesson, and don't screw over the people paying sixty bucks for your game. We need a great launch wa-
3: roster. I think we're in a good position there with SNK because uh, KOF 14 uh, was their first uh, journey into 3D, really. Their proper journey into 3D. They'd done some spin-off titles before, but it was their first like main 3D project. And they still managed to pump out 50 characters at launch. And like I said before, those models are pretty high quality. Mm-hmm. The models we're seeing now in 15 are probably the same models, uh, which would uh, suggest that any character who was part of 14's roster, which eventually grew to 58 after DLC have a very good chance of being in 15 because they're less work than brand new ones or like characters that haven't transitioned to 3D. Uh, They're also making it a point of hyping you up for KOF 15 by advertising specifically KOF 02 UM and the KOF uh, 14 Mm re-release, which are the two biggest rosters in KOF history.
1: Yeah. And that rollback code so if, that's very prominently displayed on, on UM and other stuff, you would assume yeah. there's no way in hell that they won't ship the game with very solid rollback code because that's one of the things about SNK's rollback code. Uh, Nick, you speak about this a lot. You're like, it's rollback code, but is it good rollback
3: code? Yeah, yeah. That's a, th- exactly. Rollback doesn't mean good. Yeah.
1: And, and there's a big difference here, but, but I know that SNK's games in recent times have been praised for the rollback code. It's not just rollback, it's good rollback. So
3: Yeah. I haven't played against that many people in O2UM because I'm not that much of an online player. Uh, so the person I mainly played against, I've had good connections with in delay-based games as well. So I'm not the best judge here. But like you're saying, like a lot of diff- other people have been playing them. They've been playing, uh, Garo, who got rollback recently. They've been playing Samurai Shodown 5 Special and they've been playing KOF O2UM. Uh, All of these have rollback. All of these, uh, uh, seem to have almost zero complaints. Mm-hmm. Like everyone seems to be like, Oh, this netcode is fantastic. Uh, the only caveat here is that those are still old, older mm-hmm. games. Um, it's easier to retrofit something in, uh, to an older game. Uh, with KOF 15, they wouldn't have to retrofit because obviously it's a new game. They could build it with that in mind, but we don't know how long KOF 15 has been in development. We don't know their exact approach and they haven't explicitly said. The KOF 15 will have rollback, though I think it's fair to assume it probably will. Yeah, I'd be mind blown
1: if they don't have it, like after what they've done here, which is great. You know, that's what I have. I have really put people on blast for not doing that in this day and age. It's unacceptable. And I would I would light SNK up so hardcore on our, on our front page of event hubs that they don't do that and they deserve it. But that's I'm also confident that i'm pretty darn confident I, I i don't want to speak in absolutes because oh my goodness i'll get myself in trouble but i i would just be, be shocked. a sith yeah there you go oh, you know where i was going but uh uh only sith lords deal in absolutes which gosh you know, yeah, exactly yeah. those
0: dicks yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick I was uh, I've, I haven't been listening I've been thinking more about what kind of team comps they could do for their, their new uh, <laughs> whatever they're doing with it and I'm thinking like team core values would be a cool team to put together team oppressive patriarchy to get a little modern here you could have like Geese and Rugal I don't know who the third person on that team would be but I think that would be cool I think we should start to uh, you know for next week generate a couple of uh, cool team comps that would be fun for more modern times and send them off to SMK. Dude, I'm all about it <laughs>
3: I mean, if you're go- if you're gonna have an oppressive patriarchy team, how could you not put Mr. Big? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See,
0: well, that's why you're here. It's because I'm gonna you come up <laughs> with the basics. You're gonna fill it in. We're we got it. We're, next week, guys, be ready for our super non-offensive team compositions yeah. for uh, KOF 15.
3: Uh, one more thing, I kind of need to address as well regarding KOF 15, mm-hmm. uh, which was interesting when they unveiled the game. They did not comment what it's being released for. Because I did speculation piece a while back mm. that the reason KOF fifteen has been off the radar for so long, despite being announced a long time ago, was that I theorized that they had switched mid development to next gen consoles or next gen hardware. Uh, there has been no such confirmation. Uh, they deliberately avoided saying anything about what platforms it's coming to. So at this point, I'm kind of expecting it more to be... They did say it's coming 2021, yeah. so it's coming this and, year. And when
0: they said that, by the way, I mean, I, I was listening to them. <laughs> well, I was I was reading the the translation, so it's hard to yeah. look into anything and try to, like, oh, the subtext here was this. Uh, but it, to me, my reaction to that was, it was almost like... And by the way, it's coming out in 2021, as if people didn't already expect that, and it felt like that should be kind yeah. of an expectation. And they were talking about it as like we're we're gonna get it by 2021. So it's like maybe it's late 2021, and maybe they're still sort of playing catch up, and that's understandable. It's Corona times and all that stuff. So um, yeah, that that stuff's really kind of up in the air. And but my guess would be is for they're probably gonna have a port for the for the previous gens, but I think they'd be aiming for for next gen PS5 and uh, the new Xbox and such.
3: Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be like Strive, which is a cross-gen title. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be really probably mostly developed for current-gen hardware and then also be on next-gen as well when it comes. Um, that's my assumption. Uh, I also think looking at past SNK titles in recent years or like their most recent installments, uh, they were both summer titles. King of Fighters 14 came out in August of 2016 and uh Samurai Showdown came out in June of uh 2019. Yeah. So they probably were aiming for a summer release, but like you said with COVID, it might have been delayed, etc. we don't know. Uh, so I think their plan was probably summer, but whether that plan holds or not, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's um,
1: this is actually a really good time to release a brand new fighting game because COVID has derailed almost everyone's plans. And if you can get a brand new fighting game out there, and it, there's there's going to be a, a hungry audience for a brand new fighting game, is what I'm basically saying. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. I, and, and I know we're going to talk about that a lot more here in the near future. But uh, but Nick, thank you so much for joining us and imparting the the awesome knowledge that you have. Uh, it's great to talk about this stuff. Like we usually focus on Capcom stuff, as you know but we when a major announcement happens we want to get this stuff in here and, and we always turn to you for this kind of things because you're great at it so thank you so much for joining us
3: thanks for having me it's always a pleasure to be on all
1: right y'all that's going to wrap us up for this week of the event hosts podcast once again thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon Playground loop motherfucking piece of f- dog shit piece of crap mother f- that is a replication of what i sound like when i play ranked